Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer... This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons' frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. Welcome, everyone. Episode 261 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today, because it is... Well, we're going to record this at the end of August. You'll listen to it beginning of September. Either way, there's not much going on outside of the FIBA World Cup. So we actually are going to take a suggestion from a listener and do an all-time NBA draft today. And we will explain what that means in a minute. Before we get to that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes or wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. I've, You know, it actually didn't go that well this week because all four of us here at home have gotten sick. Like, just, Ooh. you know, sneezing and all that. But, you know what, I've been looking so much forward to doing this all-time draft. So I've just kind of willed my body into getting better for Friday. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Our listeners do too. And we brought in a special guest referee slash moderator to help us out here. TJ McBride of Mile High Sports. TJ, how's it going, man? I, I'm doing well. I'm happy to be your unstable genius for this chaos. <laughs> this is going to be a very fun little adventure for all of us to run through. It really is. So before we get started, I want to lay down some baseline rules that we've all agreed upon. So we're, we're going to start at the ABA-NBA merger. So we're not going to – Wilt is out. Bill Russell's out. We're not going to draft guys from the 60s because, frankly, they were playing a bunch of doughy white guys. So it's hard to say how good they were. <laughs> um, we're also going to go in a snake draft. So whoever gets number one pick, then the other person will get number two and three. Then the other person will get four and five, and we'll just go on back and forth that way. Uh, we're going to be drafting these guys in their primes, so career longevity doesn't matter, injuries don't matter, that means like a Brandon Roy type, you're, you're getting him at the peak of his powers. Um, that said, like a Greg Oden, who never quite got to the peak of his powers because of his injuries, you do have to take that into account, but uh, you know, we're not DeMarcus Cousins and Kevin Durant and guys like that, we're assuming they are fully 100% healthy, no injuries whatsoever. Mort, did I miss anything? No, I think you got it. Okay. So, TJ, if you could do us the honor of flipping a coin, Mort, I'll let you call heads or tails to see who gets the number one pick. All right. Uh, go ahead and call it. Yeah, I- I'm going to go with heads because it feels good. All right. All right, you ready? <laughs> oh, my God. Do I have to flip this coin now? This is this feels very uncomfortable. All right. <laughs> Looks like we got heads, and it actually was heads. I'm not even faking that. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, it, it it feels right more. It, I couldn't separate you from Michael Jordan, so 
Or be like the Portland Trailblazers and don't take him number one overall. Yeah, yeah. You just go with Sam Bowie. Pick. I yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I, I'm not going to go the Portland route. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with this safe choice here. It's Mike all the way through. The GOAT. Greatest player of all time. Uh, I have a closer. I have a game-changing defender. I have a guy who will pass to teammates he trusts. And I'm assuming the team that I'm going to build around him, he's going to trust the living hell out of all those guys. So yeah. yeah, that's going to be the interesting part of this. You're banking on your team trusting Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan trusting them. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, that's that's a good start chemistry-wise. <laughs> right. How many basketballs <laughs> will he throw at teammates' heads? We will find out. <laughs> All right. Well... If we're going to leave it there, I don't think there's anybody to have any qualms with this, right? Brian's not going to get all crazy about this and start saying how Michael Jordan's the wrong pick at one, correct? Correct. Yeah. Mike, okay, Mike's cool. the clear pick let's, at number one. Let's quickly move forward to Brian at number two now. I'm going to take the second best player of all time, LeBron James. Yeah. I, you, okay. I know. It's a really bold, really bold start to my draft. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't channel my inner Skip Bayless and say he's a choker and can't close in big games. He's a three-time champion, four-time MVP. I mean, he's been just a walking bid to the finals for much of his past decade. Uh, versatile defender when he wants to, at least, again, we're talking about the prime here, not <laughs> not the past couple of years, but locked in LeBron is one of the only guys who could guard one through five, you know, one of the best passing forwards of all time. Uh, I think he just gives you th- this, like, do-it-all foundation for the you know the start of your team so i think he's the clear clear choice number two so now for number three this is where i'm excited to see where this goes yep. who, who do you have number three brian because again we're doing the snake draft so brian gets two and three and then mort will get four and five so who's number three for you brian yeah so this is i i think there's i think kareem is the clearly the third best player in nba history and i that's where i'm going but i'm just gonna hope and pray like hell that mort does not take one of the guys there's one other guy who i really want <laughs> to fall to six or seven so i'm gonna hope he steers clear of that but you know man le- leading scorer in nba history i think he's gonna give you that defensive backbone uh rim protection i know he's not a modern day big he I don't think he ever attempted a three-pointer or not many of them. Uh, oh, no, that's not true. He, oh, he actually hit one three-pointer. He was one of 18 in his career. There we go. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. But, no, I mean, I, I think, look, he's just a – just because I think, first of all, the fact that if you're looking at all-time greats, there are a lot of big men toward the top of this board. You're going to need someone to give you that rim protection. And a lot of these guys, whether it's – I know Bill Russell's and uh, Will Chamberlain are not included in this draft, but when we're looking at guys like Shaq or Hakeem Olajuwon or David Robinson, Tim Duncan, you're, you're going to have a lot of bigs in the in your lineup. It's going to be hard to construct a four-out starting lineup here. So that's why I'm going Kareem at three. That's valid. That's valid. But now it gets interesting because Mort's got two picks. So yeah. go to four. What are you going? Who are you going to pick, Mort? Well, Kareem hit one three during his entire career, so I'm going to go with a guy who averages more than the three per quarter. I'm going to go with Steph. Ah. Ooh, I did not expect this pick. That was so, the guy so, who I wanted to slip. Yeah, I had a feeling it would be. So here's why I'm going with Steph. 
Steph was so willing to put to take in Kevin Durant and just sacrifice, you know, opportunities and whatnot. So I don't think he will clash with Mike whatsoever. He's the greatest shooter of all time to boot. He's going to open up driving lanes for Mike so damn easily. He's creative with the ball. He's not just a shooter. He can get into the paint. He can finish around the rim. He can do a lot, lots of different things. Pass, rebound, run the break, really get everyone going. He just seems like the obvious backcourt mate for, for, for Mike at this point. Defensively, you know, he's not the greatest, uh, but uh, the rest of my, my selection should make up for that. Yeah, and it helps to have Michael Jordan at the two guard next to Stephen Curry to shore up your defensive backcourt right. there. So it does. I, I love this pick. This is probably my favorite pick so far, and I'm very upset that I have no qualms with anybody yet. So, more, <laughs> go ahead and pick your fifth pick so I can actually yell at somebody at one of these points. All right. So, I am going to go with the most stable big man uh, out there. Oh, well, not currently out there, but Tim Duncan. Mm. Ooh, yeah. Duncan over Shaq. Yeah. This is really, really interesting to me. Yeah. So I had, you know, that one, that's the one I was really waffling about between because I always preferred Duncan because he's just so fundamentally sound. But the thing is, Shaq is just so overpowering. So the two arguments stack up well against each other. But I like the stability. I think Duncan, in terms of his approach to teamwork and unselfishness, I think that's going to play in so well, at least alongside Steph. I'm kind of wondering if Shaq and Michael's personalities would mesh i'm not really sure they <laughs> yes. would uh and i think duncan is just very much like steph very accommodating um and, and just so damn sound defensively duncan was always the better defender between him and Shaq, and i think i'm gonna have enough offense to to not really need anything in that department so i'm gonna go with with tim and remain just a re quick reminder you know he played center for the vast majority uh of his career despite being named the, the greatest power forward of all time but I'm taking Duncan like in the in in his early prime where he actually did play power forward. So I'm slotting him in okay. at the four, but with you know, depending on who Brian goes with, I can slide him up to the five if need be. That so the most interesting part of that statement, which is not something that I disagree with, is that you said Tim Duncan is a better defender than Shaquille O'Neal, yeah. which isn't a conversation that is had very often. I love that that is brought up because it's true. It is fundamentally a fact, in my opinion, that Tim Duncan was that guy. Still, though, I would have loved to see Michael Jordan and Shaq literally fist fight because <laughs> that is like you're talking about Hobbs and Shaw in real life yes. kind of conversations at that point, and that just sounds so incredible to me. But still, Tim Duncan's a great. So now we're going to move forward to Brian at six and seven. So who was your pick at six? Can I make <laughs> – I want to do what LeBron did to Giannis and make more trade Stephen Curry to me. <laughs> oh, all right. Are there trades allowed? No, we did not no, cover this. No. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm open. Me. I'm open. What are you offering? Uh, no. Because that's the question. Yeah. Because you're sitting on Kareem and LeBron, <laughs> so I'm not exactly sure who you're trying to move. Here. Exactly. Therein lies the problem. We we can revisit trade talks after the, the full draft, but full disclosure, when I said there was a guy who I wanted to fall to six, it was Steph, just because I think, you know, I want to learn from this past year's Lakers, who tried to install a bunch of non-shooting playmakers next to LeBron and went up in smoke immediately. I want to surround LeBron with shooters, ideally, because I think that's the best way to maximize his talent. But I'm also looking at BPA here, and I think the best player left on the board is Magic Johnson. So, mm. Love it. so yeah, I'm going to take Magic, 
but I'm not sure it. that he's going to be my starting point guard. Ooh, okay. So there is an interesting part of this conversation yeah, because because if we're talking about if we're talking about peak, if we're talking about the ability to do like at their absolute best. Magic Johnson could play whatever position you wanted to slot him at, other than playing center full time against a guy like Shaq. Right. But still, like that's really interesting that you can add that wrinkle to this conversation. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think having two six eight guys who can do everything on both ends of the wow. floor. You know, we're talking about modern day positional positionless basketball. Okay, we'll have two of the most positionless <laughs> point forward guards, whatever you want to call them, of all time. So I'm taking Magic. I don't know if he's going to be starting for me at point guard or if he's going to be starting for me at all. I'm going to fill out the rest of my roster and figure that out when I need to. But I mean, just in terms of, you know, right now, I think at the top of the draft, you have to still keep going best player available. So. Magic at six for me. Love it. Love it. Yep. So now you're really starting to get a little starved for shooting. LeBron James is your best shooter on the floor right now. Yep. So when you move to seven, what is your plan going to be? Yeah. So it would be between Shaq and Larry Bird for me. And I think in terms of a best player, best prime player or best player at his prime, it's Shaq. But because of the lack of shooting, I have to go Bird here. Wow. So we have Shaq wow. falling now to eight, potentially. That's how far he's fallen. Um, I do love this Larry Bird pick. Larry Bird and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a front court with LeBron James and Magic doing whatever they want to do is just an absolutely insane thing to think about. So that's interesting. Mort, moving to you at eight. You are currently sitting at Steph Curry at point guard, Michael Jordan at shooting guard, and Tim Duncan at power forward. Yeah. you got two picks coming up. What are you thinking about adding to this team? I mean, I for sure thought Brian would go with Shaq, so my entire roster too. is just changed now. I mean, uh, I, I still maintain that he and Mike would be <laughs> could potentially be a toxic uh, oh, combination, so but I, I, I can't sit here with the ninth selection and not go prime Shaq. I just can't. Yeah. That's that's Shaq. Sorry. That's yeah. Um, you know, one of the most dominant centers of all time, D- despite not being as great a defender as Duncan, was clearly not a bad defender by any stretch. You know, great rebounder. And when he was in, uh, you know, Orlando and, and early in in his uh, Lakers career, like he was really agile. It was in the later part of his Lakers career he really got you know overweight and didn't really want to put in the work. But in the early days of the Lakers, late Magic days, that was that was pr- physical prime Shaq, which is the one I want. I want a guy who can run an up and down the court more effortlessly and just take on passes from Mike and Steph. I, I love this. The chemistry issues are real. Yes. And we're going to bring that into the conversation. But when you talk about the idea of a Tim Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal front court with Michael Jordan as a perimeter defender... That's just such a wild thought process. And then we talk about matching them up against Kareem and Bird as a front court. Mm-hmm. Right now, you're really looking at Morton as taking the cake in terms of front court combination right now. Yep. So uh, this is wow. Um, let's move on to Mort's number nine pick because I need to see what else he's, how these teams are going to fill out first. Just so you know, Mort, yep. the, you're, the only position you're missing right now is a small forward. Correct. So I want to go with someone who can play a lot off the ball as well and really stretch it because right now I have Mike, Tim Duncan, and Shaq who aren't really going to space the floor a whole lot. I might actually end up having to bench one of Shaq or or Duncan. I don't really know. It depends on the spacing issues. 
but I'm definitely gonna take someone who can provide me with spacing at multiple positions. I'm gonna go with prime Kevin Durant. I like this. I really like this pick because now you're talking about the best defensive five-man starting group, even with Stephen Curry of all time. Yeah. I mean, when you have the length of Jordan, Kevin Durant, and then the smarts of Duncan and just the sheer overwhelming force that is Shaq, what are you supposed to do with that? I don't care that you got magic at a 6'8 point guard in LeBron James. That's... That's a really interesting team you have now developed with all of that size and all of that length. In your attic, fully covered means fully insulated. If you can see your rafters, you're losing heat and money. But with the Home Depot, it's easy to add blow-in insulation yourself in just a few hours. And you'll save up to 15% on heating and cooling costs for years to come. Today is the day for doing. So cover up before winter gets here. Right now, get a free blow-in machine rental when you purchase 10 bags or more of select blow-in insulation. Only at The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer... <laughs> this might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons' frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. So now, Brian, with your two picks and the fact that you are missing a shooting guard or point guard or small <laughs> forward, however you want to do this, yep. where are you going to head with 10, or 11, with 10 and 11? I teased at the start of the draft. I said that the top of the board was going to be super big heavy. So I still am going to ignore point guard and shooting guard or whatever, backcourt in general for now, because I'm looking at Mort's frontcourt, and I'm looking at Shaq, and I'm looking at Tim Duncan, and I'm thinking, "Uh uh-oh, if if Kareem is my biggest, you know, true frontcourt player, my only really true frontcourt player, because LeBron, for however long, especially at his prime, was so insistent on playing the three, I'm going to need some more muscle inside. So yeah. I'm taking Hakeem Olajuwon here. Nice. Ooh, nice. I like this. Yeah, I do too. That's that it, it's a, it's it's a really big risk pick because there are so many other players on the board and like we still have Kobe on the board right now. Yep. I'm so curious where Kobe ends up falling. <laughs> and again, this is not <laughs> people are probably going to skin you guys alive for this. <laughs> but also, you're trying to draft for fit, so it does make some sense, but man, Kareem, Hakeem, and Larry Bird as your three bigs right now on your 12-man team. Yep. That is formidable enough to bang with a group like Shaq and Duncan for now especially like you said having a LeBron who can play bigger and magic but you you're you're real starved for some shooting my friend real starved for some shooting so moving on to 11 and leaving one of your backcourt positions open now who are you going to pick I'm still gonna leave my backcourt position open oh okay who are you going with Kevin Garnett because oh, I, I know more, I was wondering when he was going to come. I know there is no way he's getting back to me. And I think if you're talking about, you know, Hakeem and Kareem are not modern day fives. Kevin Garnett was one of the first modern day fives. If you're talking about, I know, you know, again, he's not an elite three point shooter, but he had that in his bag, but he was still a pretty good mid range long two shooter. I, I have no doubt in my mind that if he was playing in today's NBA, he could stretch his range out to three pretty easily. Again, just so defensively versatile. That's really what I'm going for 
with all of my non-centers is I just want guys who can guard a bunch of different positions. I want to be able to switch as much as possible. I know that backcourt of Steph and MJ is going to be a nightmare, and I'm going to need some backcourt defense in particular come you know later in this draft. But now I have my front court in place, and I can really focus on the backcourt from here on out. The funny part of this is that both teams are so supersized. I'm just waiting for Brian to get to the point where he just starts magic at point guard and LeBron at shooting yeah. guard and KG at the three. And he's like, you know what? Screw it. I mean, if everyone's going to be 6'11", might as well play 6'11". Um, I, I, Kevin Garnett is a guy who can defend Jordan, Kevin Durant, and Duncan, and Curry. He can't, I, I'm not going to sit here and say he can defend Shaq because Shaq is Shaq. I don't care who you are. You're not going to sit there one-on-one and be able to handle him. But that you, you add a defender at that point who can really do it. And I agree with you. He can space the floor. And I've also, I'm of the thinking that Larry Bird, if he was in the correct era, would space the floor obviously more than he did yep. mm-hmm. when he played. So I do think you have more front court shooting than has been talked about so far. But you are still pretty starved for shooting. Um, let me just update where we're at. Right now, Morton has Stephen Curry, Michael Jordan, Kevin Durant, Tim Duncan, and Shaq as his starting five and then Brian has Magic Johnson and LeBron James and however you want to fit them and then a four-man front court already of Larry Bird, Kevin Garnett, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Akeem Olajuwon. So moving forward to the 12th pick, the middle of this draft, Morton, who are you taking? So as you said, I have a starting lineup. uh, I have five players, I should say, because I'm not really sure how the starting lineup is going to, to look like. I do know that because I took Kevin Durant, I have the luxury of moving him to the four if I need to. And I want a little bit more shooting. And I want someone who can guard and play multiple positions. So I'm going to go with Kawhi Leonard here. Ooh. Okay. I was That's... I was wondering when Kawhi was going to go because he's so young. He's not really put in this, you know, tiered out version of the all-time greats. But he makes so much sense in so many ways for you. I love this idea. Right. Because you do get the defense. You do get the size. You do get the shooting. You get the one-on-one scoring. I do wonder how him and Jordan would do on the same floor. You might have to stagger them just to be able to make the ball work correctly. But defensively, whoo, that's a team right there. And the fact that he can play two from the two position all the way through the four position. It just gives me the, yep. some versatility. But but here's the thing. I like versatility. I like having guys who can play multiple positions. And I'm not really settled with just one guy who can play three positions. I want a guy who can play five. And I don't care if he's young. And I don't care if he's only reached, according to himself, 60% of his potential. I'm going Giannis. Ooh. Okay. Wow. So. All right, this is now getting extremely interesting because having Giannis and Kevin Durant is already just so much length. I don't really know how you match up with that. But at the same time, you still have – there's just not much shooting outside of Steph. Kawhi obviously is a good shooter. Um, Kevin Durant obviously an incredible shooter. But you're talking about Jordan. You're talking about Giannis. Duncan who's a decent shooter, and then you got Shaq. So. Mm I don't know how to think of this yet. I'm just not quite there yet, so I think we should just keep moving forward. Um, Brian, do you have any qualms with his team yet, by the way? We haven't got each other's thoughts on each other's teams, and being that we are at the halfway point, I'm curious what you guys think of each other's other's teams currently. I I feel like we both know each other too well, and we're just cock-blocking each other. (laughs) We're taking all all the guys. Like, I know he was going to take... KG, so I took him ahead of time. He knew I was going to take Steph, so he took him ahead of time. Uh, do do oh, you want to know man. a secret? I didn't have KG on my list. Really? Yeah. 
Wow. wow! He was right there. Right. He, he, you could have. Yeah, I mean, you could have oh. taken him later on. Boy, interesting. Okay. Yep. That well, that makes All me right. hate myself. At least, at least we got some petty shit talking happening. <laughs> that makes me much more happy. <laughs> so, but Brian, fourteenth pick. Who are you going to be drafting? Still looking for someone in the backcourt. It seems like. Yep, that's where I'm going. I'm starting to assemble the banana boat. We're going Chris Paul here. <laughs> Ooh, I yeah, like this, good. Chris Paul. Um, you have a lot of ball handlers, my friend. How is that going to work out? See, I don't think that's a bad problem to have. I think, if anything, that ensures against injuries. And I, I can, th- at least in theory, Chris Paul can operate off the ball. Not when he's playing next to James Harden. which <laughs> the only player that he's had to play off ball next right, to. Right, <laughs> right. And it might be an issue with my next pick, but we'll get there in a second. Oh, I have a feeling I know where that's going to go. Yeah, but I mean, I you know, I I don't think he would have a problem playing off ball next to a LeBron or next to a Magic Johnson, and I think his shooting ability in particular is what draws me to him. Then, as a secondary Let's... playmaker, he's also you know one of the best passing point guards we've ever seen. Valid, yeah. but you also have ball dominant guys in Magic Johnson, LeBron James. I'm gonna throw Larry Bird in this conversation because he literally just played from the high post and was their engine for so long. Mm-hmm. And then you also have Kareem and Hakeem, who are literally just black holes down low in the post. <laughs> right. Like I, 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 and of course that's not their fault. Their job was to draw a double and pass or score one on one. So it's not an indictment on them by any stretch. But you have nothing but lead ball handlers and Kevin Garnett. Yep. So that's that's a really interesting team right now. So at 15, this is not going to help your situation at all. Where are you going to go at 15? <sighs> yeah. This has to be the name I'm thinking of. I mean, I'm, <laughs> oh, you're thinking. It has to be. You're thinking Kobe, aren't you? I think I'm thinking it's Kobe, yes. I'm not taking Kobe here. Oh, okay, okay, I'm, okay. I'm admittedly torn uh, because I do need shooting still. But I also saw how Chris Paul and James Harden grew to hate each other in two years. So it makes me a little nervous to go Harden here. And I'm looking at Mort's team, and I'm seeing Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Giannis. I'm seeing a bunch of versatile defenders that, Frank, and really guys who could light it up on the scoreboard too. And yeah, I've got LeBron, and I have KG, and I have Magic, and you know, hopefully those guys can hold their own. But I'm going for a little more defense here, and I just don't want... Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen to be together. So I'm going Scottie oh, here at 15. God damn it. Yeah, <laughs> I, love it. I love this pick. I'll, this is a better pick than Kobe by far, in my opinion. Yeah, I just think for my team construction, I'm not saying I'm not going to take Kobe at any point in this draft, but I think, you know, I'm looking at Mort's team here, and I'm saying, like, if I don't add some defense, if he had Scottie Pippen to Kawhi, KD, and Giannis, like LeBron, and Duncan, yeah, and Shaq. LeBron's not seeing the light of day. Like I don't, no. I don't care how many ball handlers I have. Like we're not going to be able to pass the ball because there's just going to be arms in our faces the whole time. So hopefully, Scotty at least helps even that a little bit. I love how despite the fact that we are in this new age of space and pace basketball, you guys have gone pretty much entirely defensively minded. Whether it's Shaq versus Hakeem or Kareem, whether it's KG versus Duncan, whether it's Pippen and LeBron versus Durant and Giannis, whether it's Magic and Kawhi, Chris Paul, Jordan, you guys have really put an emphasis on defense, and I find that really, really interesting. I did not expect that. Oh, that's about um, to change. Okay, uh, more. where are we going, more at 16? I mean, I so Brian took Chris Paul 
I think there was some bad blood, and I just want James Harden to eat his soul. <laughs> so I've just and, and besides, oh. I needed some shooting, and I needed uh, some depth at the guard spot. I have plenty of depth in terms of the length up front. I needed someone who can produce at the guard spot and who can play both guard positions. James Harden, you know, let the league in assists, so we know he's a playmaker as well. He can shoot. He's not the greatest percentage shooter from range, but the volume's there. He can get to the line. He's one of the great offensive players in the history of the league. I'm going Harden here. All right. I'm going to reserve my judgment until you pick at 17 because I got <laughs> thoughts right now. Yeah. Well, I need a point guard at 17. It's funny because you have Curry and Harden. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, if you do need a point guard, go, go, go get yourself a point well, guard. Well, because, because, as you alluded to, I don't have a whole lot of defense at my point guard position. Yeah. So I'm going to bring in one of the toughest MFers to ever play the game of basketball at the point guard position. Prime Gary Payton. I love wow. it. I love it. Have fun, Chris Paul. Wow. Right. Whew. That's okay. I feel better about this now, but still, okay. Yes, you have size, but most of the size is not going to play center. You have Duncan, who you wanted to specifically play power forward, and then beyond that, it's only Shaq as a legitimate, true center. You still have Giannis and mm-hmm. KD and Kawhi, who can play some four, but you have much, much, much less size up front than the Hakeem, Kareem, Kevin Garnett, Larry Bird front court that Bryant currently has. Right. Additionally, how the hell are you going to create enough touches for anybody on your team? <laughs> Well, I mean, that's going to be the same for Brian as well, who's got... It is, because we're doing an all-time draft. I understand that. But you picked the best isolation score to ever live. So this isn't just a conversation about can they play off ball. It's a conversation of Harden is a specifically dominant isolation player. That you're putting Kawhi, Kevin Durant, Duncan, Giannis, Shaq around, and Jordan. So that... That's tough. I don't see that fitting very well. Chris Paul, as a defensive-minded point guard who moves the ball, makes so much more sense to me than Harden does with how these teams have been built. And I yeah, but so I couldn't curious. take Chris Paul or Pippen. I wanted those of, two. Of course not. Of course not. But I'm, it's more of the idea of the roster yeah, construction that you went out and got the isolation guy yeah. to play with all of your isolation guys. And that's a very hard pill for me to swallow. Um, that That's... I'm very curious how that ends up in the grand scheme of your roster construction. Uh, Brian, it, the ball is now in your court with the 18th pick. So I still don't have a shooting guard. No, you do not. <laughs> I have Magic in as your shooting guard. Right, now. right. So at some point, because I only have four picks left, I probably do need to address that position. There are other guys <laughs> who I might prefer at this spot, but just in fear of being completely shut out of that position, I'm going to have to go two guard here and i think i'm actually going to go back to back two guards but the first one i'm taking i'm going to channel my inner skip bayless here and i'm going to say well brian needs someone to teach him how to be a leader <laughs> oh god <laughs> he needs someone oh, with that killer god. instinct he needs a five-time to this podcast despite the fact that we're at 18 of 24 picks yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i'm <sighs> i'm going kobe here if only so kobe Ooh. and Shaq cannot be reunited because that would mean multiple rings and then Kobe yelling at him for being fat. <laughs> I, oh, okay. I, I think, look, again, this is prime for every player. So, you know, Kobe, our, our perception of Kobe, I feel like, got somewhat sullied by those later years where, you know, we're kind of seeing a little bit of the same thing with LeBron. And I want to whisper that because <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> well, hopefully he turns that around. Ooh. But, 
you know, we saw him kind of just, you know, he was an all defensive mainstay for most of his career. And even toward the end of his career, he kept getting the nods, but he didn't deserve them after a while. Yes. But prime Kobe was an excellent defender. And I think he really does have that no back down mentality where when he's facing Michael Jordan on the other end, he's going to embrace that challenge. Like he's going to look at that as a one-on-one mano a mano type thing. Now, my concern with Kobe is corralling his offensive shot selection because I don't want him to go mano a mano offensively with Mike. Like I want him to play in this team construct, but I think he does add some nice shooting. I mean, you know, I know he's not hyper efficient from three or he never was, but I think again, like if you put Kobe, if you airlift him into the mid 2010s, he I th- you know I think for a lot of these guys they would have focused on that more. It just like wasn't the thing at the time, so they focused on other things. But Kobe is a capable three point shooter. I do do think he had some nice defense, and again I just <laughs> needed the two guard, so that's why I'm going Kobe here. <laughs> Mike, so I'm really curious where you go at 19 because if if it was me, Kobe is a brilliant six man. Mm-hmm. Kobe's the perfect dude to be like, go in there and just eat. I don't care what you do. Just go out there and eviscerate everybody in front of you off the bench. So I'm really curious where you go with this next shooting guard that you alluded to. Because if you had another shooting guard already, I'd feel great about this. But with Kobe being your only true shooting guard, where do you go now at 19? Yeah, so I'm going to do another two guard. And I'm going to just need to talk myself through this one. Because I'm torn between going more team banana boat and taking D-Wade. Or T-Mac. Now, now Wade had arguably the better prime in that at least it led to team success, whereas T-Mac, you know, famously put up numbers, but it never really translated to anything until late in his career. So that makes me lean Wade, but Wade is also significantly shorter. I think he's 6'4", T-Mac is 6'8", 210. So I'm going to, you know, if, I, if I'm if i starting Magic, T-Mac, LeBron, Bird, and Kareem, I'm starting no like T-Mac is my shortest starter at 6'8". So that's appealing, and he's a better three-point shooter than Wade, but Wade is a better defender than T-Mac. So, uh, That's really tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, oh man, <laughs> screw it. I'm gonna go T Mac here. I think I need the Woo! I need the shooting. I love it. I need the shooting more than I need. That's what I would Wade's, have done too. Yeah, I need it more than I need Wade's defense. But that one hurt me. No, I, I like that. Yeah. My next question for you guys is which team has more internal fight? The team with <laughs> Michael Jordan and Shaq on it or the team with Chris Paul and Kobe Bryant and Kevin Garnett on it? <laughs> all I the Because one of yeah. – all of them, yeah. right? Like this, all the fights are going to pursue at this point. I, man, you guys got some chemistry. And, and, and Chris <laughs> um, Paul, by the way, who irritates everyone after six months, right? Right. Everybody. I don't know of anybody who's been like, you know, who's that guy? Chris Paul, man. We've been tight for life, except for the banana boat. And, and obviously Carmelo, who's just desperate to try and find a way to back into this league. But right. People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders. Encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. 
We are now in Cova Insurance. Your family is special. That's why Pathways Financial Credit Union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home. Pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country. As the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years, you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. Regardless of that, right now we are at pick 20. So I want to kind of run through the teams again so people know where we're at because there's a lot of things going on. Morton at his point guard position is Stephen Curry. I threw James Harden there because you already have a bunch of wings. <clears throat> and then Gary Payton. Uh, shooting guard Jordan and Kawhi. Small forward Kevin Durant. Power forward Duncan and Giannis. Center Shaq. Brian has Chris Paul and Magic at point guard. Kobe and T-Mac at shooting guard. LeBron and Pippen at small forward. Larry Bird and Kevin Garnett at power forward and Kareem and Hakeem at center. As things stand, Brian's team is actually balanced. He has two players of each. Right now, Mort's team is all over the place. So we'll <laughs> see what happens going forward, but we will start out with Mort, who has the 20th and 21st. Well, I am going to bring you the balance. Okay, let's hear it. I'm going to go prime David Robinson. So now... I love it. I was wondering... Now, was gonna it's Shaq and David Robinson at center. Tim Duncan and Giannis at the four, Durand and Kawhi at the three, Mike and Harden at the two, and Stephen Payton at the one. Perfect. So now it's balanced. Yes, it is. But you mentioned Look something you. else. And I agree what? with you. You need an unselfish ball mover, someone who doesn't care about shots, who will come in and just deliver that rock, because there are a lot of hungry hands here. Who better than oh, prime John going. Stockton? who can also guard yep. the hell out of the ball and was a good long-range shooter. Very underrated shooter. Yep. I love that so pick. So I'm going to go with I actually, Stockton. Yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah. Perfect. John Stockton. I love that. You have Gary Payton, John Stockton, and Steph Curry as your point guard rotation Correct. right now. That's a very nice team to have. And in terms of like a just steady hand off the bench when you just need to stop turning the ball over, mm-hmm. which potentially could be an issue for this team, having a guy like Stockton who can just come in and do what he needs to do is a fantastic way to go about that. Plus, he's um, tough-nosed as hell. Like, he's not one yes. of those guys who'll back down. Like, this point guard trio, like, none of those guys will get, you know, psyched out by anyone else. And, you know, Peyton will trash talk everyone else so if anything like i have an advantage here with peyton on my roster but stock who's coming in like he doesn't talk at all when he plays he's when people start to talk to him and try to get him off his game he just looks at them like dumbfounded and you know delivers 15 assists I love it. All right, that's a, it's a great pick. It's not one that I expected. So I, I think that's a fantastic pick. You needed that player, but now Brian, 22 and 23. There are only three picks left. Let's see what you got, Brian. This one hurts because I, I don't have room for Allen Iverson. So I want a commissioner's exception, and I want Allen Iverson as, like, <laughs> the, the Dirk Nowitzki to this year's All-Star game attached to my roster. No, or... you, you, you get no participation <laughs> trophies in this game, all right? You need to pick Allen Iverson if you want Allen Iverson. Can he be my player coach? Is that allowed? Sure, but he can't play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that's fine. That's cool. <laughs> Allen Iverson is a coach of a Chris Paul, Kobe, Kevin Garnett. Team. Oh, I would love that. This is amazing. Yeah. yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. But 22 and 23, Brian. Yeah. So I think I'm pretty set with ball handlers. I have Magic CP3, LeBron. <laughs> so I'm not, I don't, I know. I think like prime 
MVP Russell Westbrook would be in the conversation just in terms of talent, but I don't need, like, we already have a million high usage guys, so I, I actually don't want that at this point. So again, I'm thinking I need one more wing for defense, and then I'm thinking I need a big for some shooting. So for defense, I'm going prime Grant Hill. Oh, damn you. Damn you. <laughs> it's the right pick. It's the right pick, man. Yeah. He was the last name on my list. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, I'll stall for a few minutes more so you can figure out no, what you want last then. Yeah. Uh, well. I might have to give you guys a trade period of like three minutes after all these picks are done because this is going to be hysterical. I know. Um, all right, but continue what you were saying. Yeah, so, I mean, I think Grant Hill, you know, obviously the injuries sapped him for much of his career, but I'm t- where this is, again, prime, like Detroit Grant Hill, who – like you know in his prime if you look at just his detroit stats he averaged eight rebounds six assists 1.6 steals a game like this guy does everything he is you know i already have magic and lebron in that mold and even scotty to some extent now i've just have yet another version of that so if i'm talking about guys who i want for that versatility again going against Kawhi, mj kd Giannis. I need players in the mold of Grant Hill, who I don't think he, you know, clearly he spent the last 10 plus years of his career being more of a role player, and he was okay with that. I, You know, that's what makes me shy away from an Iverson type, honestly, because we saw him at the end of his career not be okay with that. Grant Hill is fine with it, and that's what I need uh, to fill out my wing rotation. That wing rotation is furious, yeah. man. Like, yeah, Scotty Pippen, Grant Hill, Prime LeBron, Prime Kobe, Magic and all that length, Chris Paul, who obviously one of the best point guard defenders in NBA history, Kevin Garnett doing whatever he wants to do on the perimeter because he's Kevin Garnett, and then having Hakeem and Kareem down low. That, that's it's dominant defensively. But at 23, there's one name that I think that you need to have on this team that you don't, and I'm really curious where you go. So I'm leaning Dirk Nowitzki here. I like that pick. I do. Um, you have a lot of bigs. I do have a lot of bigs. But he is it's, – it's Dirk. Yeah. You know, you have, to, you, have, you have to do it. Yeah. I, I think, again, you know, if we're talking about just I need more shooting. That's what it comes down to. Like Bird, I think – really, it's Bird, T-Mac, CP3. You know, Magic, I'm not getting out of him. Kobe, yes, but not efficient. LeBron, yes, but not a great three-point shooter. I need one – knockdown three-point shooting big ideally and i think dirk Mm -hmm. you know i was torn between anthony davis even just because i think he's so versatile and i know i'm giving mort a layup here if he wants it but yeah i'm trying to hold back those thoughts right now for that (laughs) right right (laughs) you know like if i'm looking in terms of just pure talent and like who is the best player left on the board charles barkley's in there but i just don't think he really fits with my team construct so i think dirk in terms of how I've built this team, that's where I'm going. All right, Brian, now that you have finished your picks, your team is sitting at point guards of Chris Paul and Magic, shooting guards of Kobe and T-Mac, small forwards of LeBron, Scottie Pippen, and Grant Hill, power forward rotation of Larry Bird, KG, and Dirk Nowitzki, and then a center rotation of Kareem and Hakeem. Um, While Mort is getting his last pick, try and get a starters group and a bench group together for me. Yeah, so I think... Actually, I think I'm going to go with CP3 in my starting lineup, Magic off the bench, because okay. I'm assuming okay. Steph is going to start for Mort. I, 
I would have to, I would do what all NBA coaches do, wait for the starting lineup to be announced, yeah. and then five minutes before tip and just figure it out. There. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so if he leaks that Curry is not starting for whatever reason, Magic is going to start for me. Because well, don't tell me right now. Then get get huh. your list together while I get his last pick, and we'll have you both just give me your list as things are currently happening. Deal. Word. All right, Mort, you got your last pick, number twenty-four. Yeah. So. I'm looking at Brian's team, and there's a lot of size there. A lot, yes. a lot of size. I have three like old-school traditional bigs in Shaq, David Robinson, and Tim Duncan. Then I have Giannis, who can sort of kind of play the five, but in more of a new-school traditional sense. I think I need one more big to really be able to match up with Brian. And I need someone who is filthy defensively, but can also put a lot of pressure on them offensively. I'm going prime Patrick Ewing, man. Interesting. I actually don't like this pick. I like Patrick Ewing just fine. I'm very interested in why you didn't go Ray Allen to be able to run out the most epic shooting lineup of all time. So he was actually on my list as well, but it just broke a little bit better for me. He just didn't make the cut. Um I, I want it, it be, it's partly because Brian went so big heavy that I needed to be able to defend it. Had Brian skilled back on the bigs a little bit, he would have been in there uh, over Ewing for sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm still offended that you guys don't have Allen Iverson or Ray Allen in this conversation, but I mentioned Iverson. Is, I know you mentioned him, but he's not on the team, and it hurts my soul to look yeah. at that. But time to get some starting units and bench units from you guys. Who wants to go first? I already have mine. If um, and I'm going to, I'm, More, yeah, I'm going to go a little bit. Uh, vers- I'm going to go heavy on the versatility here. I'm going Duncan at the five actually because I want some shooting in there, and that means Durant at the four. Then I'm going to go Kawhi at the three because he can mimic Scotty and is kind of like Scotty on steroids uh, with a very yeah. legitimate three point shot. Then I'm going Mike at the two and Steph at the one. Mike. Sort of an okay three-point shooter, especially if you consider the the era he he grew up in and developed. Like if he was, you know, Mike born in 1986 instead, like there's no doubt in my mind he would can like 253s in a in a season. So I'm not really all that concerned about Mike's floor spacing ability here. Uh, Steph, Mike, Kawhi, Durant, and then Duncan as. You know, it's a kind of a small lineup, but I, I trust Duncan up front, and then I just have the nasty ass front line coming off the bench to clobber folks. I do like that, and I like the fact that you went a little bit smaller than you could and added that extra shooting because I think that it needed that for sure. Leaving Harden out must have been very, very tough. That's not something that I would have wanted to do, um, but at the same time, it makes sense. Yeah, so my question mind. to you is, how do you get your how do you get your bench unit to fit? Because you're talking about eliminating right. one of Gary Payton and John Stockton. Mm. You're talking about potentially not playing a couple players, and I want to know who you're thinking about eliminating for that five man bench unit. So it depends on how deep I'm going to go, obviously. But you know, uh, Patrick Ewing is is one that's probably not going to make the cut if he if the if, if it depends on who Brian's putting on the court, obviously. But Ewing would not make the cut in a regular. Um, rotation but neither would ray allen in this sense because i have james harden there so it would be i would probably run a 10-man rotation here um ewing off the cut and then i'm i'm looking and you know at john stockton gary payton as kind of like you know one of those might have to go because there's so much ball handling already and while i absolutely love gary payton's defense 
I wonder if it's necessary considering that I have Giannis in the rotation, Kawhi, Tim Duncan, Durant, Mike, um, and plus Stockton is a pretty good defender as well. So I think Payton, uh, and it hurts my heart to say it because I love Gary, I think he's got to be the second one to go. Okay, that makes a lot of sense to me. So we're looking at, so yeah, I, I love the starting group. Steph, MJ, Kawhi, Durant, Duncan, and then you got Stockton, Harden, Giannis, and Shaq as your other, as, as the rest of your team, and I really like that group. Uh, Brian, give me your starters and your bench. All right, well, since Mort stayed small, CP3 is actually going to be my starter. I'm going to have Magic as my okay. backup point guard because I, I don't necessarily want Magic and LeBron seeing two main mans together, I think. Being able to platoon those guys is actually the big advantage with them. So I'm doing CP3, Kobe, LeBron, Bird, Kareem as my starters. Then Magic, T-Mac, Scotty, KG, Hakeem off my bench. And then Grant Hill and Dirk are my backup bench guys. Wait, Magic, Scotty. T-Mac. Give me one more time. T-Mac. KG. And then Hakeem. Okay, cool. Okay, there is the draft. Now it is time for me to laugh at you guys and see who was better. <laughs> because this is a really tough one. I like the starting unit that Mort put together. I think Chris Paul would bother Steph enough, despite the fact that Steph has always handled him for the history of all of this, the Celtics, or the Celtics, the Clippers playing the Warriors. So that that that's a tough one. But Kobe, MJ, MJ gets the lean. Uh, Kawhi, LeBron, LeBron gets the lead. Durant, Bird, that one I have no idea how to figure out. That one-on-one matchup is just so interesting. Completely different time periods and completely different players. But Kareem and Duncan, you got to give the edge to Kareem, I think. But the bench that Brian put together, the depth that he has of having Magic, Scotty, T Mac, KG, and, and Hakeem come off the bench, man, I think I have to give it to Brian. I know he doesn't have the shooting. I know he doesn't quite have the best player in the world in Michael Jordan, but. That team just has too much depth, too much size, too much defensive versatility for me not to go with Brian's team. It's a lot. That there, is, there's a lot of depth there. Absolutely. The talent that level is, is insane. so much. Yeah. That's what it comes down to because, like, Magic Stockton, it doesn't matter. Magic Johnson's winning that battle. Yeah. Scottie Pippen can actually defend James Harden. Kevin Durant could potentially defend Giannis. And Hakeem and Shaq is just the battle of two monsters down low that I'm not willing to pick a side. <laughs> Shaq will probably edge him out, but at the same time, it won't be enough of a differential for me. So I, I think I have to go with Brian. I, I love Brian's team overall. I think I have to go with Brian. So, more. Do you want to talk about kind of your rationale in terms of building your team now that we've absolutely made our picks? So I was I was I wanted something that was well balanced, and I wanted something that just had a lot of defensive versatility. Because you know, regardless of who you've chosen, given that this is an all-time draft, you are going to select players who offensively are very very capable. So my mindset going in was I need to make sure that the defense that I have on the floor is the best imaginable and you know then comes the bench eventually where you can kind of slide that off a little bit because as long as you have your primary guys being able to to really defend the heck out of the ball that's so crucial i just had to basically put steph in there and it kind of i I spent a lot of time thinking about steph because i know he doesn't really fit that mold that i just described but at the same time 
I'm basically working on the assumption that we're playing during the rule sets of today. Like, a lot of these guys are going to play, you know, 2019 brand basketball. And in that sense, the three-point shot is just going to be that much more crucial. So I had to put Steph in there. Uh, but I wanted defense, I wanted versatility, I wanted so many guys who could play multiple positions that they could slide all around and give different looks, which is why I, I'm, when I look at your team, I kind of know what I would want to do because you know Garnett, I, I don't want to play him at the small forward. I, I know mm. he's like a four or five. So I have X amount of players who can like not necessarily take care of him, but I know that if, he, if he's limited to those two positions, I have X amount of players who are able to defend that slot. Mm-hmm. And the same goes with Kareem, who's like strictly a center. Hakeem, strictly a center, I want to say. But then you, you, you know, you wanted in the end. I feel like you wanted with the Pippen and Kobe and T Mac. Yes. That's where mm-hmm. I think you wanted because then you suddenly came in and brought the versatility that I took uh, initially. Yeah. So uh, by bringing that in, that kind of negated what I was going for. <laughs> Sweet. I, that's what I love to hear. Uh, yeah, and he has the players to be able to stretch out your front court that can actually dominate down low. That's the other thing. He's got Dirk in there that he can really yeah. stretch things out with. Kevin Garnett can stretch it out. Larry Bird can stretch it out. So then you take away what makes you great, but his best defenders are on the perimeter in Kobe and LeBron and Pippen and Grant Hill. Those are the guys that are going to swallow up everybody else, and they have the spacing to be able to still hurt you from three. That's, that's really why I went with Brian. But Brian, what was your thought process? Yeah, I mean, it was honestly more we we're on similar pages here. I mean, you know, I'm thinking about if it's an all-time draft, the three-pointer didn't really take off to the extent that it has right. it, until the past five, ten years, really. So I knew shooting was going to be at a premium. That's why you know I mentioned early on when you took Steph, I was bummed because like he was my pick at number six if he fell that far, especially next to LeBron. And I knew it was going to be hard to assemble. A, a team of elite shooters next to LeBron since, you know, a lot of these guys grew up in an era where that wasn't emphasized as well. So I knew, you know, if I was getting the second pick, I knew LeBron was there. I knew Kareem at three. And then at that point, yeah. I wanted to stay kind of BPA uh, toward the top of the board. I knew you were going to clearly take Michael Jordan at number one. And I thought the gap between MJ and that D Wade Kobe T Mac tier, um, there there was enough of a gap there where I wasn't going to fill out my starting lineup in my first five picks. I knew someone in Kobe Wade T Mac was going to fall to me, you know, in that late like eighteen, nineteen, twenty range. So I was yeah. comfortable sitting that out and loading up, you know, on a Magic Johnson. I think at six. Um, then once, like, I'll be honest, I wanted Kawhi and KD as well. So once you started taking those guys, that's when I kind of pivoted toward the counters with Scotty, with KG, with Grant Hill, where mm. I knew I'm going to need to... Yeah, some- damn you for taking Hill, by the way. <laughs> that was the perfect pick. That's where I think you won yeah. this. Because in the last five picks, Brian got Tracy McGrady, Grant Hill, and Dirk. Mort got David Robinson and Patrick Ewing, both who did not make either your starters or your bench. And then John Stockton, who you couldn't decide between him and Gary Payton for a minute there. Yeah. That's where Brian yeah. won this, in my I opinion. I agree. Yeah. And it was really just to counter what Mort had done early in the draft. You know, I'm approaching this like I do. You know, a fantasy draft as well, where you're looking at what other teams, you know, when you're like in the seventh round of a fantasy draft, and I'm talking fantasy football here because it's just that season, and you're 
you're like three picks away and you see the two teams ahead of you have a quarterback or the two teams behind you have a quarterback, you're not going to take a quarterback there because you know it's going to come back to you in the next round. That's where with shooting guard, I knew he had MJ. He's not going to load up in that position. But once I saw he had Giannis, KD, Kawhi, I said, okay, great. I've got LeBron. I have Magic, but I'm going to need a lot, a lot more in terms of versatile defenders or those guys are going to blow me off the court. So I really thought KG was kind of the start of that run for me. Um, yeah. I, I just thought he was such a perfect fit. You know, I knew I got Kareem and Hakeem early, so my front, my like centers were done. I was, I was not looking at that anymore. I think KG can play some spot minutes at the five if he needs to, but yeah. he's mostly going to play power forward next to those guys, and he's got the shooting range that he can do that well. Same with Bird, same with Dirk, frankly. Like, I'm going to have a four-out lineup most of the time because I don't think I'm going to play Kareem and Hakeem together much, if at all, unless you know he breaks out a David Robinson Shaq front court, which, which could very well happen. <laughs> well, it, it, it's not out of the question when you also have Patrick Ewing on the roster. When you got three centers who are legit centers, you're gonna, and then you start Duncan at center. That was a, that. That's a hard one to be able to figure out to match up with for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, so once I once I filled out the centers early, I really started focusing on versatility at every other position late. And then you know the CP3 thing was part banana boat and also part like I. I said it when I picked Magic. Like, I don't know that he's going to be my starter because I really do think platooning him and LeBron is the best way to maximize both of those guys. I, I don't think, you know, Magic is just so ball-dominant and not a good enough shooter, whereas CP3 is ball-dominant as well, and Kobe Lord knows is a high-usage player, but both of those guys can operate off the ball, I think, better than Magic can. So that's why I put CP3 in the starting lineup. I think he, you know, TJ, you mentioned it. He's got the history with Seth. Lord knows they matched up <laughs> enough together. CP3, you know. Yeah, but who won the most, though? Yeah, but but Steph had the, and arguably the greatest team ever assembled. Let's, right. let's that, ignore that. A big right. asterisk on this. And this was like, this was like older CP3 versus prime Steph. I'm I'm putting yeah. CP3 back in the time machine five years. We're getting prime CP3, so I think it's a yeah, little if bit we're more. We're getting even. like 09 CP3 against like 14, 15 Curry. That is so much more interesting to me than what we have seen from these Clippers Warriors matches. Can yeah. I put 23 year old Kawhi Leonard in here then? who had prime LeBron <laughs> look back Honestly? at the free throw line because I kind of feel at given that you know I, I, I think Kawhi has the mental edge over LeBron at this point that that might have been the hottest take of all that you'd pick 23 year old Kawhi wow. over right now Kawhi no 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 I'm just saying That's... can I just do it because when we talk about like remember just that final series oh, yeah, like yeah. you just put the clamps on him That's yeah. also like TJ when you said you know that LeBron obviously you know in a vacuum he's like so much better than Kawhi, but in terms of like the matchups, that kind of, that kind of threw me because I was thinking like, is, is there a player out there who's figured out LeBron better than Kawhi? And I I don't know if there is. I don't think there is either, but I also don't think he's figured out LeBron. Like, like yeah, sure, right, yeah. we're talking about degrees here. Like, he, LeBron James has still been LeBron James. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong, it may have been more difficult, but the degrees aren't extreme enough for me to give like a gigantic advantage either way. Right. 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 LeBron is just the better player to me at that. Point. Yeah, no, no, no argument there. But that was kind of that was my mindset also going in because I knew that Brian would go with LeBron at two. 
So yeah. it was a pretty... And you have KD and Kawhi. I mean, you talk about having mm. two guys who have had history of being able to at least bother him. Right. So I do think that that was a good pick, but man, the wing rotation that Brian's going to roll out there is just completely and utterly unfair no matter who else you put Yeah, I should have taken like. T-Mac over Harden. That's the one I regret what right now. Yeah, yeah. Harden was the tough one for me to stomach, and then so honestly, it was Harden and Ewing were the two that really confused me for your team, considering how you would build them. Like I understand best player available; it makes total sense to me. I can play devil's advocate and get it, but having those two players over a Grant Hill and a Dirk or a Tracy McGrady or someone well, like that—well, I couldn't that, take Grant. That I couldn't take Grant at that point, though. Yeah, Grant was already gone yeah. at at the Patrick Ewing level for sure. Yeah. But you you know, the David Robinson pick too, but the James Harden one, that James Harden's a tough guy in terms of building an all-time team yeah. because he doesn't even play like anybody in this generation. Like there just <laughs> isn't anybody like what he has done. So Harden's such a hard guy to quantify in this kind of a conversation for me. I think that's fair. I was looking at it, you know, through the scope of playing 2019 ball. I think you're absolutely right in the sense that if you kind of ignore uh, or if you limit like the, the the last half decade to a decade where the three point shot has really evolved, like Brian's team is, you know, basically for the most part a twenty two foot and in team, which will just utterly destroy anyone. Like you, yeah. you, you. I don't think I'm just going over that roster right now. There is not a single player on Brian's roster who cannot play in the post. Every single one of these guys. Hmm can actually get into the post and do sh- do a lot of stuff. Like, pass out of it, score from it. Like, just do a lot of things. Like, LeBron plays in the post. Kareem, Magic. Like, there's not a single guy. Even even CP3. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris yeah. Paul for sure. So, so that's like that's just a major, like, from 15, and, 15 feet and in advantage. Yeah. TJ, yeah. were there any guys yeah. that surprised you that didn't get picked? Ray Allen was the one that yeah. really surprised me. I figured if there was going to be a premium on shooting and a guy who can play off ball and is willing to, I figured Ray Allen would have been picked by somebody. Like I would have picked Ray Allen over Kobe for Brian's team. Mm. Not because Ray Allen's a better player than Kobe, just because of having a actual legitimate lethal all-time shooter on that floor with the rest of those players just opens up everything so much more. And I honestly for Mort too, being able to run out a Curry, Ray Allen, Kevin Durant, or Kawhi Leonard yeah. mixed combo at three and four with Duncan at the five. Like, you're talking a five-out team who can do whatever you want at that point. Like, I was really surprised Ray Allen in this kind of a format was not high, was not more valued than he was. Um, Allen Iverson, I get. I have my own personal love for Allen Iverson, so I'll always hate you both for not <laughs> actually picking him. But I get it. I understand why Allen Iverson doesn't fit in this kind of a format. But Ray Allen's the one that I thought... Made a lot of sense the Dirk pick is the one that I probably would have picked Ray Allen in mm. but again at that point you just needed bench uh stretch which makes or big stretch you know big stretches mm-hmm. I can't talk anymore yeah, I, I have Ray on to my have list, that actually but to ha- yeah you told me that before when you when you had picked uh was it Patrick Ewing last yeah no, I, I, had, I had Ray at 16 and then Ray I chose Allen. Harden instead because um mm. at that point I felt you know the three-point shot has had kind of been diminished on Brian's part to the extent that I already had a clear advantage. So my thinking was, okay, instead of, you know, taking guys who under these circumstances would play like somewhat uh, one-dimensional basketball, which I think is fair to say that Ray Allen under the, in this lineup would probably just be limited to being like a Kyle Korver version. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with a lot more defense, yeah. we're talking about oh, yeah, yeah, for, for, for sure, for yeah. sure. But then I figured that I wanted to versatility in having like someone who can pass the ball. And, and just get, get to the line because outside of Mike and to some extent Durant, 
I was looking at this team. Like, there was not a whole lot of people who got to the line a whole lot. Well, Shaq did, but he couldn't hit free throws. Yeah. So I kind of wanted someone who be, could be, you know, who could get to the rim and get to the line like five or six times off the bench at night and convert. So that was kind of my thinking there. That makes sense. Yeah, it's just hard because if you're going to start Duncan and you have two other centers on the roster, yeah. three other centers on the roster, it almost feels like you slightly wasted a pick from the way I, I, I think I did. it. I think I did. So Yeah, yeah. I wanted to match but, Brian yeah. because I think I thought Brian would go pretty big because he's a Philly guy. <laughs> right. I just channeled Elton Brand, basically. I will just spit out my water all over my computer. That was really funny. <laughs> yeah. This, we'll tweet this out with the picture of grinning Elton Brand. Like, it's been all over Sixers Twitter this summer. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I absolutely love it. But man, this was fun. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Honestly, I don't have a whole lot of qualms with any of you guys' teams. Like other than Ray Allen, that's the only guy that I can really think of that I feel like was snubbed out of this conversation. Yeah, I regret not taking. I'm ha- I had him as high as 16, and then it kind of just broke differently and thought, oh, "I got to pivot. I shouldn't have pivoted." Yeah. Yeah, it happens, yeah. man. I-, I thought Wade might go. I thought Westbrook might go. Barkley. Yeah, by you, I, I assume. Uh, oh yeah, I knew you weren't going to take Westbrook. I'm, I'm kind of surprised you didn't take Wade at some point. And Barkley, I, I, you know, I think you could argue he was, he deserved to be in this conversation. But I think just the the way that we built our teams, like, it's hard to put him in there. So yeah, I mean, I, I think we both did well. And TJ, you did an excellent job moderating. And I'm not just saying that because you said I won. <laughs> but no, we well i will continue saying that you won because i got compliments from you and not there me, we go so i'm gonna keep it moving that way yeah. well, I, well, i'm still absolutely convinced that it's because you you, you chose kobe <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I grew up a lakers fan i am so people hate me because i have i have kobe below kevin garnett in terms of like all-time players not in terms of building a team just like who was better yeah. kevin garnett or kobe i'm going kg well that's because it's purely logical for yeah yeah, to some people. Other people are like, but Kobe, yeah, yeah. that's really the argument that you get back. So, yeah, I, I I don't know. Kobe is Kobe. I honestly didn't like the Kobe pick. I don't think Kobe fits very well, but I think that he has enough going on with the rest of the team that Kobe can fit well enough. Right. Like, there's enough unselfishness around him with Larry Bird, LeBron, and Chris Paul to at least make it work to a degree. If you were throwing Kobe on your team with Michael Jordan and Shaq <laughs> right. oh, yeah. and Harden and, like, yeah, no, then we're having a different conversation, but... No, Kobe was Kobe was a decent pick, but still, man, I Ray Allen's the guy that I feel like should have been here. I mean, mm. I'm not, I can't get off of that one. I'm so glad Brian took Larry Bird because I thought that was the difficult one for me. I had Bird as well on my list. I would have had, yeah, Bird is. I would have had very high on this list yeah, personally. Yeah. Seven was like right spot on for where I probably would have had him too. But the thing is, I think he's so difficult to place, especially around new age players, because you just don't know athletically. Mm-hmm. Like what kind of role he would have? Like he was—he's still a basketball genius, an absolute savant. So he would absolutely manage and survive. But I just wonder if he could keep up. After being able to watch Nikola Jokic for as much as I have, I have seriously no worries about that for players anymore. If you're smart enough, big enough, yeah. and have the skill and the touch, you can absolutely not have any athletic ability and still be one of the best players in basketball ever. Period. So, like, I am fully there with the Larry Bird thing. I think he would have shot better from three than he did if he would have been more, I guess, pushed towards extending his range out like it is nowadays. His passing was absolutely absurd. His mid-range game was absurd. He could finish at the rim with either hand. Like, he had a game where he just only shot left-handed yeah. because he wanted to save his right. Like That was, that was against Portland, I think. 
I think it was against no no wasn't it before Portland so when he went to Portland he could beat them with his right hand I can't remember I don't know yeah but it was All I know is it was ridiculous played. I remember it yeah yeah he shot he had like thirty six points with just his left hand like the guys like that I don't care what era you put them in they will figure it out I just have so much faith yeah. in them so and again you also have the benefit or not the benefit the exact opposite of a benefit of having to play to my own biases to win this so no matter how well you guys think you did it always came down to just how I felt about it <laughs> which makes it completely unfair because I'm not that damn smart so it was just one of those weird kind of things but it was man I love these teams I wish we could actually get more of these kind of like 2k playouts and stuff like that i would love to get an actual better statistical idea of how these all-time teams would actually stack up oh yeah i, I have another idea for a, for a new one and we should do a time capsule podcast where we actually do something along the similar lines that, as we did right now but with the caveat that we cannot choose players who have more than three years of nba experience and we we record it we publish it and then we revisit it in like 10 years Ooh. Oh, that's it's like a yeah, literally a time capsule podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like that's actually really funny. My the one that I thought was cool is that ever a Bleacher Report they did literally a breakdown by which year of the player you wanted to have on there. So you could pick fourteen, fifteen Curry and two thousand two thousand one Shaq, and like you were extremely hyper you know specific about what version of each player you're getting. So you can get LeBron with all the defense, but with much less shooting and things like that. I thought that was a cool idea too. Mm. I love these all time rankings. I just think they're really interesting. See, since you were a Lakers fan, fan you you have to help me out on something because people always mention. 01 Shaq. I'm I'm in the belief that he was actually better the year before. Not because he won the MVP, but he just looked better throughout the entire course of the year. Like 00 Shaq. I get that the 00 Shaq was he was probably just more physically dominant, but it was the passing that really got me his next year. Yeah. He just found the vision out of double teams that made him such a more serviceable player in so many ways. That's when he averaged like 3.9 assists per game or something. Like he was out there just whipping dimes around because he was just getting outright doubled every single time. Yeah, and Kobe got better, reason, so so that well, outlet was there. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's really the big reason why I would lean that way. But at this point, I mean, there's like a four-year window where you can just pick a year. I don't care. Like no. Shaq was Shaq, and that was the end of that. You know what I mean? Like Shaq was just such a dominant figure that you just couldn't do anything with. Like people said that Draymond could defend Shaq. I don't think anybody in NBA history could actually defend Shaq one-on-one. I just don't think it ever actually existed. No, I mean, Rockman had a period where he just got under his skin, but he didn't like yeah, physically the- uh, limit him in that sense. Lance Stevenson blowing in LeBron's ear, kind of like <laughs> right, watering. exactly. It's not actually able to match up with them, which is Dennis Rodman being a knuckle sandwich psychopath against racism or whatever <laughs> on Twitter. Like you know, he's just I, I, Rodman is such an interesting guy, man. I, he's a guy that I thought would have been. I, I was wondering if someone was going to throw him into this conversation just because they wanted a dirty work guy. Mm. I was curious if he was going to come up or not. Happy he didn't, but I was curious if someone was going to try and get that dirty rebounder defensive guy who just flying around and causing chaos yeah that that's was i i actually consider rodman very early on like detroit rodman but i figured he yeah. would be too crazy so the guy i went with in his plays was actually gary because i think he's got some figured, of that yeah. same nastiness to him yeah for sure i was wondering when you were talking about gary payton if you were going to say tony allen and i was about to raise all that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I love these teams, man. It was a good time. Yeah. Well, TJ, thank you for coming on. Can you let our listeners know where they can find you on Twitter and where they can find your work? 
Yeah, at TJ McBride NBA on Twitter. You can find my work at MileHighSports.com. Subscribe to the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. Yes, we. I was on TJ's pod a few weeks ago. We mentioned it here as well, but it was the 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 Jokic versus Embiid debate to end all Jokic versus Embiid debates. We settled it by deciding both players are great and no one should debate. <laughs> <laughs> Most cordial way to debate anything I've ever had in my life. Right. <laughs> I'm right. just looking forward to joining you guys in a couple years and talking about Wendell Carter Jr., so that's fine. Oh, oh, I'm so here to talk about Wendell Carter Jr. I would have picked him third. <laughs> I love myself some Wendell Carter. Kareem can go step back, man. This is Wendell's time. I love it. Hey, for the time capsule pod, Carter he's absolutely going to be there. Yeah, that's oh, true. Oh, I'm all the way there, man. I cannot wait to see the better version of Al Horford in time. Like, I am Ooh. all the way with Wendell. I, then you should be. just probably give a call to Jim Boylan and tell him to, like, play him properly. You think Jim Boylan has a cell phone? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not a thing. Jim Boylan still uses, like, two-way pagers that are like, attached to his actual genes. There's no way that he has come out of 1987. There's just no way. That's probably true. I don't have a comeback for that. That's, yeah. that's probably very accurate. <laughs> Just, I hope Scoutman doesn't listen to this podcast. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, oh, well. I'll be here, and you know my Twitter if you want to reach out to me now. Yeah, so right. You're going to get an angry DM later. Get pumped. No worries. I've had a few of those. <laughs> well, uh, everyone, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Taporic, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen and by special guest TJ McBride. Have a good weekend, guys. You too, man. Later. Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance.